COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. It's the Innovation Podcast. Hi there, Garnett Harriman. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Garnett, it's good to finally be putting some bits on the computer for this project that we've talked about for a while. And this is a special preview episode of the Innovation Podcast, or as we've come to call it, the iPod. We've got to hashtag that one, definitely. So why don't we talk about what we plan to do on the Innovation Podcast? Sounds great. So we've been working on this for at least a few months and batting it around ever since uh, I had the pleasure of being one of the, your guests on Confessions of a Marketer. Yeah. And our thoughts center around having a broader survey of the wide world of innovation yeah. uh, across technologies and processes and new businesses, new investment themes, corporate activities, the, the whole kit and caboodle. And so we did have a, a, a discussion recently with a couple of fellows, uh, James Kern and Chris Clegg, about the current state of the experiential marketing field. And we'll post that one soon. But can you give a preview of that discussion? Absolutely. I think um, you and I both share an interest and in you much higher level of expertise in, 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 in marketing. But we we share a love for branding in particular, mm-hmm. and part of our original conversation on Confessions of a Marketer was all about, hey, what's the future of branding and technologies that support branding and, and, and themes and patterns? And so I have always been fascinated by experiential. I, I, I've come to realize in the last 12 to 18 months, in terms of looking at investment opportunities across live entertainment, event tech, all sorts of things you know that float around that space, how critical experiential is for branding in general. Right. I mean, I would go so far as to say that the future of brands is experiences. What do you think? I, I think so, too. And you see that trend... In banking, even, you see that, uh, you know, banks are trying to make the branch less like a bank and more like an Apple store. You know, it's it's more of, more of an experience to go into. Um, and it's I guess Capital One is running a big campaign now where they kind of say, yeah, we're we're a bank, but we're different. We have cool looking branches, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the it's all aimed at 
improving the experience of going to a bank, which can be a painful one for people. And I think that a lot of brands like that are realizing that the experience is paramount for their customers. I think that's absolutely dead on. And uh, I would echo your observation for uh, banking uh, across all of retail. And I think maybe we started to see signs of this in retail a, a little bit earlier, you know, uh, where stores don't carry too much inventory, but they are focused on creating an immersive experience for customers and, you know, supporting the lifestyle activities that go with that, you know, that, that align with that particular product and, right. you know, so on and so forth. It's, uh, it, it's really compelling to see what's going on in retail these days. It's just not really about the product and the inventory. It's more about the lifestyle. Yeah. Or think about, you know, the Apple store, the POS is nowhere to be seen, right? And uh, the desks are clean and it, it's, it's all about the experience for the, for the consumer. And I, I went to a hotel this past weekend and it was similar in this in this new hotel. There there was there was a desk, but there was no big cash register or POS. It was it was all kind of invisible to the guest. And and again, that's experience. That's a a different experience for the customer. Wow, that sounds uh, really interesting. That that hotel. I I may, I may need to get that <laughs> reference for my next uh, next business trip. It wasn't even a high end hotel, though. Is that right? That's even more interesting. Yeah. So so it was uh, you know the kind of hotel that I stay in, which is not you know these aren't Four Seasons or or Ritzes. You know these are kind of mid level hotels that are you know very nice, but they, they've they've focused I think on the actual guest experience rather than. Well, we've got to put a desk there with a cash register or a POS, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, just churn out money. Instead, they focus on kind of the guest experience. I have a, uh, I have a quote for you <laughs> from one of the two guests that we were uh, fortunate enough to have on the, the, the inaugural podcast coming up. Uh, when we do rather than buy, every brand is an experience. Right. You know, there's a lot of food for thought in that, you know, sort of a, a sententious uh, phrasing. Yeah. Uh, but it makes it makes perf it makes perfect sense. You know, in, in an era, and it's funny because my mind runs towards all of the sort of technology that drives the manufacturing of so many different things and the open borrowing, if not copying, of features and in, in products and services and. You know, in develop in the developed world, so many products and so many services are essentially at parity, right? Right, in terms of the features and the benefits. And then, what's really kind of um, intriguing to me about this view of the world is that the last sort of competitive front, the last front on which you can be competitive, is this world of experience and world of like how to how you immerse your customers in this experience that they then walk away with as being synonymous with your brand right and then of course there's data science is is critical to studying the effect of what it is that you do to improve someone's experience and and that's something we'll cover yeah i think our second guest right uh, on this in, inaugural podcast is a, an expert and you know his methodology has been used by lots of uh, major brands and he had a lot of really compelling things to say about um how you gather things you know what methodology you use and then the kinds of like 
messaging that comes out of it in terms of making your marketing activities, especially experiential activities, better. Yeah, and that's Chris Clegg uh, of Portma. And and that'll be an interesting discussion to share with our listeners because when you think of experiential marketing, you think of kind of, well, it's kind of soft. It's kind of, uh, you know, make the experience better, but how can you measure that? And Chris told us exactly how and how critical it is to measure it, in fact. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk over the years about things like facial expression and eye tracking, even galvanic response, which strikes Mm. me as a little intrusive (laughs) in terms of measuring sweat at an experience and and so on and so forth. But, you know, getting, getting the quantitative piece right around something as invisible to the naked eye, as it were, as an experience. Yeah. It's going to be a bugaboo for a lot of big brands until the right tools are out there and the right platforms are out there. And I think we're super fortunate that these two guys that we have on our first show are literally in the cutting edge, yeah. literally in the avant-garde of uh, you know, putting that together. So let's talk about James and Chris. It's a great discussion, and, and that's going to be episode one and maybe episode two. There was a lot of stuff we talked about. But how about some of the other guests that, that you're thinking of um, bringing on the show? Well, yeah, so you and I have... Uh, complementary backgrounds in terms of, you know, taking an investment perspective on things and taking a marketing mm-hmm. uh, and uh, branding perspective on things. My wish list for some of the uh, folks that I'd like to have on going forward and that our listeners can expect to see, not surprisingly, have taken more of an investment sure. perspective on things. And, and some of them come out of corporate innovation some of them come out of, uh, you know, straight financial investing. I'll just run some thoughts by you and uh, by way of teasing some, some information to our, our listeners. Uh, a buddy of mine, Quentin Messer, is the city of New Orleans economic development head. And as, as, as you and probably many of the listeners know, New Orleans is, is essentially uh, the latest in a series of improbable venture capital and startup hubs that have arisen around the country. That's right. quite a success story post-Katrina. I am excited to be an advisor to a, a, a lot of companies. Uh, well, one company in particular is, uh, is on record as having the, the world's best and fastest facial recognition software, in particular for events and live events. And the CEO of that company, Zenus, my colleague Panos Mutafis, will be joining us a, at some point during the year. I think the other person I'd love to talk about uh, with our with you and and listeners is uh, my buddy Bill Westcott from MediaLink. Mm-hmm. MediaLink is kind of a I don't know a matchmaker between Hollywood and big broadcast and big cable and and the world of sort of uh, disruptive startup technologies. So bringing those two worlds together is, is not always the easiest thing to do, and yeah. and and they are that's their stock in trade. So very exciting. So first episode will be the week of the 14th of January. We're going to get together sometime early that week to do some stuff live and in person. And we'll put that episode with James Kern and Chris Clegg out that week. Exciting stuff. I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Oh, and the other, the other thing I, I meant to mention is you're, you're heading to CES. 
Yes, I am. You're going to have your phone with you and you'll do some on-location interviews. So that'll be interesting. CES is probably going to have a lot on 5G and smart home and stuff like that. What are you going to focus on when you're out there? You know, I'm interested in both of those things. Uh, not They're not necessarily the top of my uh, list uh, for CES this year, but uh, I'm going to be looking at AR, VR. I'm going to be looking at AI in both enterprise and consumer-facing apps and platforms. I'm going to be looking at an arena that I've been watching for several years right now and have actually invested in, which has to do with COPPA compliance, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, huh. which is gaining more and more uh, currency and importance. I think Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, every one of them have been sued by at least one state attorney general, in some cases, like the hapless Facebook, as <laughs> multiple states attorneys general in, in 2018 for violating, you know, uh, essentially these regulations that are geared toward protecting children online. Yeah. And so I've been watching that space in terms of how you create technology that enables video and content and, and mobile games to uh, safely and legally connect to kids who are under 12 years of age. Right. So that's, a, that's another thing that, you know, there's uh, in Digital West, I think it is, there's a, there's a, a whole uh, series of events and, and displays all around connected play, connected kids, you know, the future thereof. So that's a big thing. Well, great. I can't wait to get this started, to start talking to people and start getting all these episodes out on the airwaves, as it were. It's going to be a lot of fun, Garnett. Looking forward to it. So am I, Mark. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think our audience is going to love the stuff that we do this year. And hopefully we'll get good feedback and just keep growing the effort. Yep. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Mark. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.